0: Biathlon is a unique Olympic event it challenges participants with opposing athletic endeavors in a singular competition it combines the heart-pumping aerobic aspects of cross-country skiing matched with the intense focus of precision marksmanship two diametrically opposing forces testing every ounce of physical and mental strength of athletes welcome to heartbeat the u.s. biathlon podcast I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and I'm proud to bring you regular insights into this fascinating sport. For this episode of Heartbeat, we welcome U.S. biathlete Chloe Levins. Chloe is coming off a very successful junior career and setting her sights high in the coming years. Levins grew up in Rutland, Vermont, following in her family's footsteps as both a cross-country skier and a golfer. She picked up biathlon early on and competed at six youth or junior world championships along with the 2016 Youth Olympic Games in Lillehammer. She also has a large collection of golf trophies at home, plus a new degree in neuroscience from Middlebury College. And Chloe, welcome and thanks for joining us on Heartbeat.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're in Lake Placid right now, right? I am, yep. Amazing place to be this time of year. Any hint of fall color yet?
1: Yeah, a little bit on our roller skis. We've seen some red and orange out there. It looks great.
0: I think more importantly, any hint of frost or snow?
1: (laughs) Not quite yet, but the extended forecast would suggest it's coming soon.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is. And we're going to get into a long talk about uh, your career in biathlon, the success you've had, and uh, what you've done in golf, which I know is a passion of yours as well. But you know, what's on everybody's mind these days with athletes is how are you coping? And let's talk a little bit about COVID and the impact that it's had. Going back to last season, kind of the curtain came down right in mid-March. And how did that impact your season last year?
1: So as a member of the junior national team, we had plans to to go to open junior European championships. And those got canceled before we traveled over to Europe. Um, so my season kind of began and ended with Junior World Championships in Lenzerheide, Switzerland.
0: Did you were were you over there when things came down?
1: No, I was at school. Actually, I was due to go over um, actually mid February about, and we called the trip pretty early, um, even before the World Cup team and the World Cups got canceled. Yeah, so
0: everyone's been. I think, really impressed in watching athletes across all sports. Of course, summer athletes had the Tokyo Games put off for a whole year. I know that for you as a biathlete, this has impacted your schedule. What impacts have you seen over the last four or five months to your training plan?
1: Yeah, there's been um, pretty significant impacts, but at least in the early um, stages of the pandemic, it was pretty significant. Now we're Kind of back to normal up and running um in lake placid at the beginning of the pandemic in march i was sent home from school so i was i finished i graduated middlebury virtually and was just training on my own but honestly that wasn't much different than past years because i've been training on my own for for a long time now um But, yeah, some of the coping mechanisms that I use, like I picked up a couple new hobbies. I started unicycling. I started slacklining every day. um, And then finally got the call from Tim Burke that we were able to move to Lake Placid on July 1st. And so I've just been training regularly day-to-day with, with Tim and some of the other athletes in the area, which has been basically back to normal.
0: I want to come back to the unicycling and the slacklining, but <laughs> what wh- what other athletes have been training in Lake Placid with you and under Tim and Danica?
1: Yeah, um, so Maddie Finneff is here and Claire Egan has been here for a majority of the summer. Um, and I am actually living in a house with with one of the interns, Annika Martell, and Kelsey Dickinson, another national team athlete, has been here recently um, too.
0: With that, and I know that you have restrictions on getting together and 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 social distancing, but have you been able to develop at least a little bit of a team atmosphere and camaraderie?
1: Yes, I think we definitely have. Um, we we've been able to collaborate a lot with training, uh, even though. Maddie, Claire, and I are on different training plans. We've we've worked it out so that we overlap a lot on the range, which has been good just to get some head-to-head work done on the shooting range and on the tracks. It's been really productive for me, especially having come from zero training partners to to two it makes a big difference, even though it seems like a small team We're we're quite mighty out there.
0: Have you been able to glean any tips from a veteran like Claire, who's had success on the World Cup and, and been there for a few years?
1: It's hard to pinpoint any one tip that she's given me, but she is definitely a role model for me. And I've looked up to her since we began biathlon together seven or eight years ago, um, under Alga Ghashalna. So just by being in her presence, um, it's been a, a great development for, for my own training.
0: I know it's impossible to even predict what next week is going to look like, but as it stands right now, as we enter the fall, what does it look like for your season? Where, where will you hopefully be competing if things can be figured out for this winter season?
1: Um, hopefully I can get myself to the IBU Cups. I'm a first year senior this year. Uh, I've had experience on the IBU Cup in the past years. Um, But this year there will be no junior world championships for me since since I'm no longer a junior. So just getting myself to Europe, getting myself to the IBU Cups and getting myself the opportunity to, to hopefully qualify for a world cup this season would be great.
0: Yeah. Now let's go back to the unicycling and the slack lining. How, <laughs> how did you get into that and who was your mentor to learn those new skills?
1: My mother actually grew up slacklining and unicycling. Um, at least actually she grew up unicycling for sure. And then got a slack line for me when I was probably 10 years old. And to be honest, both of those items have sat in our garage for over a decade. I didn't even touch them um, when I first got them, but yeah, during quarantine, I needed something to do. I needed to work on my balance. I thought after the season evaluation, um, balance was one of the one of the areas that I thought I could improve. So, picked up those two things. My mom kind of helped me along. She enjoyed the challenge as well. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I would just spend. 30 to 40 minutes on the unicycle between between Zoom classes and um, you know, up to 20 minutes on the slack line before dinner every day. It was super fun.
0: Have you done any Zoom classes on the unicycle yet?
1: <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. It I'm is. surprised no one suggested that. Yeah. <laughs> well, not
0: a lot of people unicycle. I'm thinking about all of the, I don't do classes so much, but I'm doing all of these Zoom calls. What's preventing you yeah. from doing it on a bicycle or a unicycle?
1: Exactly. Why not just set up the stationary bike? Great idea.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your personal background. I know that you were born in New York State and moved to Vermont. Give us a little background on on your growing up in Vermont and eventually finding your way into sport.
1: So I am the youngest of four siblings. Um, I grew up kind of in their, in their shadows on the ski track and on the golf course. Uh, both my parents grew up skiing and playing golf as well. So it wasn't really a conscious decision for me to start those two sports, but it was very coincidental that I that I happened to love them too. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of grew up chasing my, my older siblings around, and um, we grew up in a, a really loving home, and um, the support of our parents really gave us – great opportunity to to advance and to improve in areas of our life not limited to athletics but also academics too.
0: You grew up in the Rutland area I believe and what was it that prompted your parents to move the family there?
1: My dad got a job in the area. Um, He wanted to to just move his work to a different location and also um, my parents wanted us to grow up in closer proximity to to cross country ski areas, um, because where we were living in New York, cross country skiing was not a popular sport. So they wanted to give us the opportunity to to do that more competitively.
0: Well, you certainly moved to the epicenter of outdoor activities, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we did. It was a lucky lucky move. Are, are you?
0: I I know you moved there at a very early age, but are you able to call yourself a Vermonter?
1: I like to call myself a Vermonter. However, some, you know, eighth, ninth generation Vermonters would beg to differ. However, I think I'm a Vermonter at heart.
0: Well, it it is quite an amazing area. You know, in that area, you had a lot of opportunities, I'm sure. So skiing and golf were certainly on the docket. Were there other activities outdoors that you participated in?
1: Yeah, I played soccer until my freshman year of high school, um, and then I joined the mountain bike club. So Killington area has great mountain bike trails, Um, and so I started racing for the last three years that I was in high school, which was really fun activity, good training, training. and a good way to just just be outside in the fall.
0: Yeah. How did you find your way into biathlon? And I ask this because I know that in this sport, there are so many different pathways. Some people come in early, some people come in quite a bit later. Uh, I think you came in when you were probably 12 or 13. Walk us through that process and how you got or moved from cross-country skiing into biathlon.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate to come into the sport relatively early compared to a lot of my teammates. I started shooting for the very first time at a three-day introductory camp in Craftsbury when I was 13 or 14 years old um, after eighth grade. So Algus Shalna ran that camp with a couple volunteers um, such as Mike Gibson and Ethan Dreisiaker. And yeah, so I just, I learned to shoot there. That was my introduction to shooting and continued to race cross country for the first two years of high school. I qualified for a couple junior nationals. Um, I podiumed at junior nationals for cross country skiing, but was still working with algus on the side. And then it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I really committed to training for biathlon and, making the Junior Worlds team to Belarus that year um, and kind of putting cross-country skiing on the back burner. And just with that, that commitment, I saw great improvements and kind of got hooked on the sport and hooked on the thrill of biathlon competition immediately. And just continued doing it ever since
0: What was that experience like as a young girl to go to Belarus to be in the midst of all of these other nations in such an unusual different place for you
1: it was very exhilarating um, it was strange at first obviously it was it was an interesting place to go for my first trip to Europe um, not as glamorous one might say as Italy or Austria. Um, but nonetheless, there were great crowds at that event and people asking me for my autograph as, you know, a 15 year old girl who's at her first major biathlon competition. Um, it was pretty, pretty funny and motivating too. Um, but I have great memories from that event. I was really, dare I say, lucky to, to clean the sprint that in that competition, um, and just have really great memories of being with my coach in a country that, um, you know, he had trained in when he was an athlete and had so many connections. And, um, it was, it was a great event for me and a good introduction.
0: You know, it is a very foreign place, I think, to a lot of people, but there's a great tradition of sport in Belarus.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yep.
0: And then as I, as I look at your, uh, your bio, so the next year you headed to Romania for that event.
1: Yes. Yeah, we did. That was another interesting experience. Um, I, for some reason, my junior career, we made a lot of trips to the eastern, the former Eastern Bloc over there. Um, we didn't get to spend much time in Scandinavia or Central Europe, but that Junior World Championships was not my best experience. Um, Not my best series of competitions, but the highlight of that season was going to the Youth Olympic Games in in Lillehammer a few weeks after, Um, which was kind of – it was the first time – at that event, I cleaned my first four-stage race, uh, which was another kind of stepping stone into the thrill of biathlon and and kind of the addiction that I think a lot of elite biathletes feel when they – when they get to clean and when everything comes together on, on a given day.
0: How much did you miss the medal by you finished fourth in the pursuit, right?
1: <laughs> I did. I did. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I know that I had the fastest net time. So it felt like gold to me.
0: <laughs> you know, one of the things about the Youth Olympic Games is not necessarily the medals. It's the experience there. Uh, essentially, your first Olympics, you'd been to some international events. But, but what's really fascinating to me, too, is what was that experience like in Lillehammer? This community, this small community that is just the heart of winter sport in Norway.
1: Exactly. It is the heart of winter sport. And you could tell when you were there. I mean, for as good as the crowds were in Belarus, the spectators in Lillehammer were 10 times better. You just felt the energy, like the Olympic energy, as soon as you step foot into the the Olympic village and at the racing venue, it just, it felt so much different. So, so much fun. (laughs) There were You know, thousands of spectators there watching us um, and obviously other sports, too, just to get the chance to meet other athletes from around the country that were your age and were committed to their sports just as much as you. And also attending school and balancing that kind of sport and life and student, um, you know, dynamic was was really good experience for me. But, yeah, there's nothing, nothing beats the being in the in the Olympic Village,
0: so during this time when you're progressing up the 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 youth or the junior ladder in biathlon, you're also still really focusing on golf in the summertime. How did you make all of this work?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I think that just a, a natural passion for for both sports kind of allowed me to do them simultaneously. I never felt like I was missing out on one or the other while I was doing it. It always, you know, felt like the right time to play golf and the right time to do biathlon. Um, And the sports also really complement each other very well. I think that part of the reason why I picked up biathlon so early was because I saw a lot of similarities between it and golf. Like it's the same thing as shooting a free throw in basketball is, you know, putting a three footer in golf and hitting your last target in biathlon. It's all the same. It's the mental component that I saw in biathlon that reminded me of golf. Um, So essentially for, for all those years in high school and college, I treated golf as cross training.
0: You know, most of the biathlon fans listening to this know your biathlon background. They may not know your golf background, but two state high school titles, four collegiate uh, uh, tournament wins, Vermont state amateur title. Uh, so you've had some success in golf.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I wish I had gotten to play some more competitions. I kept it relatively local and regional, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was great cross-training for biathlon.
0: So amidst all of this, then you made a decision to go to Middlebury and work on your, uh, start your, towards your degree in neuro, uh, neuroscience. Again, you're adding it and you continued biathlon during this period.
1: I did. I, um, I attended Middlebury with the intention of being on the ski team, on the golf team and, continue to compete in biathlon internationally um i figured out very soon into my career at middlebury that doing those three things was not feasible if i wanted to do them well so i quit the ski team um, about a month into my freshman year and committed to driving to jericho a couple times a week to shoot with algis shalna um the person who introduced introduced me to biathlon at the very beginning. And I was able to work with my golf coach to, to, you know, attend as many practices as possible and um, to make up any to make up for any missed time on the golf course.
0: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I'm just my mind is just exploding thinking about all you had to balance during that time. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about biathlon and what intrigues you about this sport. Uh, you have this explosiveness of the cross country, and you have the calmness you need to put into your mind for the shooting. What what is it that really got you to? Keep that excitement for the sport of biathlon through your career.
1: I think that what attracts me most to biathlon is obviously the challenge, mental and physical, but also just the ability to to stay within yourself and not look side to side um, in order to to exceed and manage your variables. I think that a lot of biathlon is just about you know managing your variables, whether it's yourself, the weather the zero that you had, the ski conditions, um, your start time, all these different things, you know, who knows what's going on in your life on um, the day that you're supposed to perform. So I think just kind of balancing all those aspects of sport is is a really great challenge that I'm still figuring out. I, Even though I've been doing biathlon since I was 13, I'm definitely a work in progress and have a lot a lot more to do um but I'm excited for it and the thrill of of hitting five for five when you're at your limit is you know second to none as you look back
0: on I know you're just coming out of the the junior period and you have a long hopefully career in biathlon ahead of you but as you if you look back to the successes that you've had what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way
1: the most important lesson, I think, for me is just to put my blinders on. You know, whether you're in training over the summer and your teammates are doing this, or, you know, your coach is, you know, telling you that this person is doing this, or, you know, you are distracted, or something like that. It's just put your blinders on, do your thing, do what's best for you. Obviously, you know, use your teammates, you know, collaborate with your teammates, work with your coach, but also just listen to your body and um, listen to your mind and what it's telling you. And also, even on race day, put your blinders on. I, you, know, you shouldn't know how anyone else is shooting on race day. You should just be so within yourself that that the flow comes naturally and everything kind of just, you know, flows out of you. <laughs>
0: long-term where are your sights set and let's use it in perspective of the Olympics. Uh, are you, are you focused out to 2026 in Cortina? Do you feel you have a possibility of making that team for Beijing? What are your thoughts looking forward?
1: I think that anything is possible. I, I don't have my sights set on any one Olympic year. Um, if I do qualify for the Olympics, I just want to be competitive. So Hopefully, the rest of the team is is competitive too, and um, the best people will go. But you know, I last um, the last Olympics in Pyeongchang. I was one spot away, and uh, obviously, that was bittersweet. But it was a great learning experience, and you know, the same competition competes on the World Cup every year. People forget that, you know, and I think that just just getting myself. to to the level where the Olympics are a possibility is is a great accomplishment. But I'm not putting putting any number, you know, on myself or in my timeline.
0: Chloe, you've moved up to a really good launching pad in the sport with the accomplishments you've had as a junior. As you look to this next level, whenever it will come, whenever you get that next breakthrough, what are some of the new hurdles or the new challenges that you have to face to move your skills up to that next highest spot?
1: I think that in the past, my shooting has been extremely solid. I've um, had a a successful history of, you know, having clean races or missing just one at some of the biggest junior events in the world. And sometimes, some years, my ski speed just hasn't been there. Um, I was fortunate that everything was coming together well for, for that Olympic year in 2018, where, you know, my ski speed was you know up to snuff in comparison to the rest of the national team and my shooting was pretty consistent um, so now it's just a matter of balancing all of the components of you know nutrition technique speed and strength to get to get my ski speeds to a competitive level but like i said before nothing is a finished product we're always working on on all the components like shooting shooting precision shooting speed etc.
0: You've only been in the sport of biathlon for about eight to 10 years now. But if you were to give some advice to a young 12 or 13 year old who was aspiring to uh, be out there and doing what you do, what advice would you give them?
1: I would tell them to have fun and be resilient, to not get too down on yourself if it goes badly and not to get too excited if it goes really well either. I think having a level head and underreacting to everything in biathlon is a really good trait. And um, that's what separates the good from the great at the end of the day.
0: Good words. As uh, we near our close, we're going to have some fun with a few little quick questions. But before we get to that, uh, dig deep a little bit. And we have a crazy world right now. We have the turmoil of COVID. We have the Black Lives Matter protest across our country. So every day is filled with all of these things that are just really ruling our lives right now. As an athlete involved in sport, are there lessons that you've learned in your time in sport, be it biathlon or golf, that really help you day to day to become a better person and to not just cope with, but to really thrive in the world today?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think that a lot of professional athletes are struggling currently and have struggled for many years with, you know, being remaining selfless. And even though you know being a professional athlete requires you to be pretty selfish with your time, um, it's really important to to find avenues in which you can give back. I just being a recent post grad have. Not found that avenue for me yet, but I'm really looking forward to, you know, contributing to youth development in the sport of biathlon um, and, you know, encouraging young girls and boys to, to pick up a rifle and put it on their backs and ski because, you know, the lessons that you learn in biathlon are, are ones that will stick with you for the rest of your life.
0: Important thoughts. Thank you very much, Chloe. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun, I hope. Are you Are you ready for some uh, quick questions? I'm ready. Okay, this is what I call on target. It's a, just a series of some quick questions. There's no right or wrong. There's no trick question, but just whatever comes to your mind. Simple stuff. And we're going to start out with, Chloe, what is your favorite participant sport outside of biathlon or golf? Mountain biking, mountain biking. Okay. And are, are you still are you actively mountain biking this summer in like Placid as well?
1: Yeah, I use it for training a lot. Mountain biking <laughs> and road cycling. Yeah.
0: So earlier, we talked about some interesting spots you've been as an athlete. But what is your favorite biathlon competition venue around the world that you've been to? Antolts. You have been to Antholz. Amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's spectacular. The best place by far. (laughs) It's pretty
0: much everybody's answer. But what are your things? What are your (laughs) memories that that stick in your mind about that beautiful place in northern Italy?
1: Um, The food? (laughs) Maybe the food. Obviously, the view from the shooting range itself. Just these jagged mountains. Um, We were lucky enough to have a national team camp last summer. In Italy and France, but we spent over a week and a half in Anholtz and it was just, it was magical to see them in the summer. And I had spent, you know, over a week in the winter of 2016 there and watching the World Cup and training. Um, and it's, it's just spectacular place. Yeah. Great crowds too. It
0: really is. Uh, favorite golf venue that you've actually played?
1: The Country Club at Brookline.
0: And what makes that so special for you?
1: probably the history of the course. Um, and also just the conditions. It was when we played it, it was in June, um, actually right before, um, U.S. biathlon, um, event. And it was just in pristine condition. The greens were running really fast. There was not, you know, a patch of crabgrass or clover on the entire course. It was, it was just Beautiful, beautiful course to play.
0: Tell us a little bit about it. Where it is, and
1: it's in Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, it's where uh, historically Francis Wimette won the Open. Um, I can't remember what year, but it's you know one of the oldest country clubs in the country and extremely exclusive. So it was a great, great privilege for me to play as a 15 year old.
0: <laughs> Favorite golf course you've dreamed of playing but haven't yet
1: pebble beach or st andrews that's really tough that's actually really tough i think probably st andrews yeah st andrews in scotland <laughs> so you could you could probably
0: figure that one out i would think at yeah some, at some point you have to work on that uh i know <laughs> a favorite sport or your your biggest sport hero any sport
1: brandy chastain or roger federer i can't decide
0: those are really good choices. Uh, w- when did you get, uh, I'm I'm just trying to do the math here with your age, but, uh, when did you connect with Brandy Chastain as a, as a hero?
1: Um, so I was really young when they won the world cup. I think I was probably two years old. Um, and when she had her, you know, famous ripping the shirt off and, uh, yeah, that big slide of hers, but, I, um, I just watched that highlight with my sister and I actually watched the whole game with my sister when I was about 10 years old. So, you know, over a decade after it happened. And, um, ever since then, I've, I've had a poster of her up on my wall. I had one on my wall throughout college and I've had one on my wall. Um, I have one on my wall that I'm looking at right now, as a matter of fact, (laughs) um, and Roger Federer, you know, he's just, he just has class on and off the court his his serve is incredible. I'm kind of a tennis geek. I I wish I had grown up playing tennis. Um I wish I were good at it, but I'm not and um I'm just in awe at his game.
0: We're recording this during the time of the US Open and I wonder if you've been watching the US Open.
1: I have. I watched Osaka the other day. Um I watched Serena play. I think they're going into the quarterfinals now.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's yeah, it is. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's been fun to watch, although very weird without spectators.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sport is weird right now, but I am so happy that we can at least watch it.
1: I know, I know. I remember when the first golf tournament, um, when the PGA and LPGA decided to come back, I was so excited. It was it was a great weekend when when the PGA was back on TV.
0: I worked a uh, Corn Ferry Tour PGA event in June here in Utah. We were th- actually the first televised one, and it was it was just really odd because there were no spectators. But the nice thing is, as being a staff member, and we were doing this in a uh, COVID bubble, I was actually able to go out on the course, and there's nobody. There. You could follow right. whoever you wanted. It was a dream. So,
1: front row view for the media. That's totally. awesome. Totally.
0: It was great. What is a really crazy experience you had as a neuroscience student over the last four years?
1: Ooh, a crazy experience. That's a tough one. Oh, it was definitely junior year. We had an independent project to do. Um, so, we could pick any, any species of animal to work with, um, that, that we had at the college. And I picked the tarantula, um, and kind of tested how they reacted to, to different surfaces. Um, it was an animal behavior class that, that this project was for. And so, you know, (laughs) working with the tarantula was, I thought that it would be, would be fun and exciting, but now I have a, a great fear of spiders. The arachnophobia um, came on pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> was it alive or dead?
1: It was alive. Awesome. It was alive and crawling. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're brave. <laughs> um, favorite pandemic Netflix binge?
1: <gasps> Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I had never seen it, but I'm, I'm deep into season five right now.
0: Last question. <laughs> One word. What does biathlon mean to you? Passion. Passion. That's a good one. Chloe Levins, thank you so much for joining us on Heartbeat.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom.
0: Good luck this season.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Biathlon is a sport of precision, an ultimate test of athletes on snow. U.S. biathlete Chloe Levins is an inspiration who is following her passion to achieve her dreams. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast channel. You'll find Heartbeat on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. We'll be back with more content throughout the fall and into the season ahead. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, from all of us at U.S. Biathlon. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat.